Hi, everybody. It's Richard Zwicky with The Green Peak. And joining us this week, we have Everett Smith, who's the co-founder and CEO of Presidential Rx, a cannabis company uh, based out of California that markets itself as the home of the world's strongest cannabis products. Welcome aboard The Green Peak, Everett. Um, thank you for having me. Appreciate so, it. Yeah, so Everett, you know, you, you're a f- former professional basketball player. Uh, from what I gather, you, you know, when you retired, you discovered after a few months that a, you know, a nine to five or a desk job just wasn't the right fit for you. And back in 2012, 2013, you started presidential. What, how, why did you decide to uh, start presidential um, as opposed to getting into anything else? Uh, to be honest with you, it was just chance. Um, I was at a, I used to, when I got done playing ball, I started working at, uh, for a company called Freeman and, uh, they used to put on conventions at the Las Vegas convention. Center. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. And, um, I was there working a convention. I met, uh, I was waiting on some clients and then I, I met this guy. We just started having a conversation. He started telling me about this cannabis brand he's trying to do in California. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really love my job. I had some money from playing ball. Uh, so, you know, it sounded like a, a good opportunity. Yep. And uh, long story short, you know, we, we came, exchanged information and a couple months later, uh, I moved out to California and we we started getting this thing going. Hmm. Well, that's, that's fantastic. It's a great way to start it. I mean, uh, really from nothing and just the idea going forward and to have done that back in 2012, 2013, that's a, uh, you're an early adopter, almost a grandfather in the industry by comparison to many. Uh, yes, sir. I appreciate that. But, um, you know, there's definitely... <laughs> Definitely I'm not like calling you old. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a frontline soldier trying to help get this thing uh, where we're at today, for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, it's a uh, it's really interesting. Um, you know, you, you've become the third largest pre-roll brand in California. And, you know, over the last 12 years or so, there's obviously been big changes in attitude. What sells best today versus, you know, five and 10 years ago for you? Um, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Yeah. Um, you know, over the last 10 years, there's been a lot of changes in attitude towards the industry. And you would have seen a lot of changes in what people are asking for as a product. What sells best for you today versus how is that different from five and 10 years ago? Is the customer oh, changing or is the demand changing? Um, I think the customer is changing. So for us, um, when we first started our Moon Rocks, uh, jarred up and Ace and Grams was by far our best seller. Right. Um, and now it is completely the opposite. Our pre-rolled products, um, like like you said, we, we have the number one selling blunt in California, and right. then um, we have like the number we're the number four selling pre-rolled brand in California. So like those pre-rolled um, items that you know for people uh, for convenience, they don't have to roll their own joints; they can just grab it and go. Yep. Those have by far um, become our best selling products. And is it, you know, since you market it as the home of the world's strongest cannabis, is it, I'm assuming you have a bunch of varietals. Well, I know you do. Um, is the demand greater by varietal or by effect? Um, to be honest with you, all of our products pretty pretty equal, uh, sell equally, uh, okay. shockingly. Um, we don't have one that's like significantly, um, and you know, our classic that has no flavor, um, yep. so you can get more of the strain. That's our top seller. But it's not significantly higher than our watermelon or our grape, which are our next two sellers. So um, I would just say that, you know, having consistent flavor and high THC is what is the uh, is what's causing those sales. I don't one doesn't right. sell any better than the other. For sure. No, you know, that's it's interesting to, to note that, though, because it's, uh, you know, anybody trying to research and come into the market always likes to understand 
where the demand is. And if you're seeing it broadly spread, that speaks to the customer base as well and how there's the differentiation in terms of what they're looking for continues to evolve. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So a few months ago, um, Everett, we had a fellow called Marvin Washington on the show, who's a former, uh, also a professional athlete, a Super Bowl champion. And he got involved in the industry after retiring uh, for, the, for the perspective of the benefits of cannabis to former athletes and how it helps them with their aches and pains. Um, I noticed one of the things you do is you're, you know, you're marketing it as a, uh, a BIPOC company, which is, of course, for, um, has an interest in, in the Black, Indigenous, and um, people of color uh, groups. What's driven you towards the industry? Is it your athlete background? Is it the um, is it the community? And where do you try and get involved? Um, to be honest with you, um, I got involved because I saw an opportunity. Okay, uh, and you know, a business opportunity. Yeah. Um, and, and in doing so, I fell in love with the industry. You know, I come. I have a, a degree in marketing, so right. The marketing aspect, the branding aspect, sales—that's what I love to do. So. Um, just getting in the industry, falling in love with the industry, being able to have a product that people love and being able to create a brand around it has been um, very fulfilling for me. And, and that's what drives me every day. It's just how big can we create this brand? You know, uh, one of my favorite shows is the food that built America. And, right. you know, I'd like, you know, I'd like to have our products on there one day and we can withstand 50, 60, 70 years of, uh, you know, of time. So that's my goal. And that's why, um, that's what drove me into it. Like I said, I started with an opportunity and then just falling in love with it. That, that's excellent. I mean, and that's the thing, right? We all have to identify an opportunity and an opening in the market and go for it. One of the things I noticed you've been doing also is you've opened up a, uh, I don't know if it's a club, a lounge, what you want to call it. I can't, don't know the exact name, but the, called the presidential suite in West Hollywood. How do you use it to build your brand? Yes, sir. So, um, it's a restaurant. So we have a restaurant in front. It's called Esco's Pizza. Yeah. Um, we got a chef in from New York. His name is Esco. He's great. Uh, we've had great reviews on the food. Um, mm-hmm. And in doing so, we built out a New York style um, restaurant where we built a replica New York City subway train and a, um, a New York City bodega. Oh, that's cool. Part of the restaurant. But if you walk through the train <clears throat> and if you're you know, in the know, you can walk through the train. There's a secret door. You go through the door and we have a speakeasy lounge in the back. Um, yeah. Outdoor lounge, we call it the presidential suite. And uh, so we've been using that to push the brand, having different events there, having an industry night, bringing, you know, trying to bring the industry and SoCal together, um, bringing in different clients that, you know, we want to be on their shelves, but we're not in their shelves. So we come in and then we can pitch a, a, to a multitude of them at once. Right. And things like that. Um, and just, you know, every Saturday night we have a um, we call it the pre-party before everybody goes out to the nightclubs. They can come. We have a pizza party and you know, sponsored by Presidential, and it's just a good time. So just branding, um, you know, and marketing, and then using it as a sales tool. Yeah, no, it's a fantastic sales tool. Also, you know, for introducing your products as well for people to get. You know, if they haven't tried a particular varietal or um, one of your brands, it's a great way to do it. Do you? Uh, do you monitor that to see what difference if you, you know, are promoting one one week if there's a difference in sales later? Uh, we haven't we haven't gotten that far in, into it yet, uh, right? But that's definitely uh, on the radar. Is how can we collect data from from there? The problem with it is that we don't. It's strictly a marketing tool, so like we don't we can't sell product there, right? So it's not a consu- traditional consumption lounge. Oh, okay. 
you know, so this was nothing that's sold there. But, right. you know, we have private events there. So, you know, there yep. is, you know, you can consume back there um, in a private event. But it's more so just bringing in people uh, in a cool atmosphere that branded presidential and being able to talk to them and, you know, showcase the brand that way. Okay. Well, you know, I'd lo- I'm going to love to come back a bit on brand building in, in a minute. Um, but you've got your products into over 400 retail outlets. Um, you know, that's that's significant across the the California marketplace. Do you look at um, growing outside of California in the, over the next few years, or do you really just want to focus in further uh, growing in California itself? No, actually, we're um, in the middle of negotiations. I don't want to say too much because we're not done yet, but we're um, in negotiations to launch in Nevada, hopefully by, you know, come July. Right. Um, I'm flying out to Michigan in about two weeks to hopefully close a deal out there. And um, we're in talks in, uh, to launch into Oklahoma. Okay. But definitely uh, um, expanding the business in California. This is the biggest uh, marijuana economy in the world. So expanding yep. here is definitely priority one. And then going across the country and expanding east is definitely the next priority. And I think we could do um, both simultaneously. Oh, you, absolutely. It's just, uh, you know, it's all work. <laughs> um, so, you know, are the out-of-state deals, are they going to be licensing deals? Or are you looking at actually having the full production in each state um so uh each state is kind of specific um so in nevada we are doing we're working on doing a licensing deal in michigan Mm -hmm. we're working on doing a licensing deal in oklahoma we're working with a partner and kind of um doing what we do here in california um doing the manufacturing and and, um, distribution ourselves oh fantastic so what's nice is you're trying both models up in different the other models in different areas as well so that's going to be really great information for you uh going forward i'm sure yeah and also and and to the, the model we, you know we would prefer to do it ourselves but the model yeah. in certain yeah. states like nevada which is, has a cap on on uh licenses and those licenses are so valuable it makes more sense to have a licensing deal we're in oklahoma where they're pretty much giving anybody a license and it's a low barrier to entry that makes more sense for us to be able to go in there and um do the manufacturing and distribution ourselves or with a partner well absolutely and the more states you're in even you know if it is a license deal versus your own production deal people see your brand and gain the familiarity and look for the standard and then as they you know travel around they see your brand they know they it's something they know to buy because they've tried it elsewhere one million percent right so um ever we do have to take a short break but we're going to be back on the green peak in just a just a minute with everett smith who's the co-founder and ceo of presidential cannabis company the green peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors and we're back on the green peak with everett smith um from presidential and everett you know one of the things you've done really well um, which is something that a lot of people struggle with, is building a brand. And that's no small feat. How did you do it? Man. Um, it's, not a, it's a big question. <laughs> right. Oh, man, I wish I had an easy answer. Uh, hard work, uh, dedication, uh, being able to persevere, um, but just coming up with some creative strategy, seeing what people have done in the past that have worked and being able to put a new twist on it. Um, uh, understanding the industry, people at the time when we were getting going in 2013 and 14, people wanted 
the cannabis to be more professional looking and be, um, you know, like a product they would get at a convenience store. So that's the approach we took, you know, making it look pretty, making the packaging and the branding uh, match the quality of the product. And just doing that from an early stage and then, but also having that, that product, which kind of created the brand for us because the product is so strong and we built the cult following just around that product. Um, you know, it's been, a, it's been what I think builds the brands. And then getting in, then getting in front of the people, knocking on doors, uh, having PADs at the at the dispensaries. Um, so every time they come in the dispensary, they see, you know, a brand ambassador telling about the product. Um, you know, our yeah. product looks crazy. Product education. Rock. Yes, sir. Right. Product That's education. A, yeah. How many of the, you know, as you grew, did you deal with product education in every retail outlet? Or was there a point at which the brand became so well known you didn't want or need to do that any further? Um, I think we're starting to now um, and today's kind of we're starting to do it less and less because, uh, you know, we've been in the, in the industry, in the market for eight or nine years and yep. uh, been in the recreational market now since 2018. So people are starting to, people know us now. We're right. a household name. And so yep. we have to do less and less education. And now it's more, you know, marketing, pushing the brands instead of educating them on what a moon rock is and what our brands right. are. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, that's, that's an important, you know, a couple of points right there. You know, you don't have to educate the customer anymore about what the product is. It, it's got the, it's synonymous with the name and it's recognized. And you had to do the consumer education along the way and your events. You know, if somebody's coming into the market, what are some tips of really what really worked well, but also what, didn't work. That's always the thing people have to wrap their head around. What doesn't didn't work for somebody else, and <clears throat> why didn't it work? Yeah, I would say um, first things uh, to keep things simple. Yeah, you know, Bruce Lee has a quote: "Simplicity is the key to brilliance." Um, I love that quote. Yeah, I said, keep things as simple as possible, um, and partnerships. Find good partners. That is one thing that we did not do well. <laughs> we have gone through a couple of different partnerships by um, not, I wouldn't say, just not doing our due diligence and choosing the best partners, but trying to make things happen uh, in a timely manner, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So, and then um, quality, quality of the product. Always, no cutting corners on quality. Quality always matters. Um, but those three things for sure are three things I would tell somebody getting in. Keep things simple, find good partners, mm-hmm. and uh, don't cut corners especially in terms of quality. Yeah, no, you, you can't cut corners anywhere. And, uh, you know, also looking forward, you can't cut corners and not be compliant because, well, or compliant with where the future market's going, because if you do that, you're going to end up having to redo all your work over and over as the market continues to develop and expand. You always have to go to the, the best and work backwards from there. Absolutely. And one thing I would say that not to do or to do so make sure you don't do is make sure you keep up with the ever changing laws, especially in terms of packaging. You know, there's been several times where we've ordered packaging and we have pretty much had to throw it out because there has been a new tweak a month earlier that we didn't catch. We weren't aware of that we had to add to our packaging or change our packaging. So that is one thing I would definitely say. Keep on your radar and make sure you keep up with the ever-changing rules and regulations of our industry. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's that's very true. I mean, people, if you're not 
up to date or even looking at what's coming down the pipe three, three and six months from now, you're going to make incredible mistakes, costly mistakes. Yes, and I've made a lot of them along the way. So um, if I can <laughs> help go. anybody by telling them my experiences, please, you know, make sure you pay somebody extra to keep on those things. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, you know, it's interesting. You've So Everett, we've, you know, one of the things you mentioned earlier was word of mouth and branding and um, the location in store, but also, you know, the training in store. And that's been training of consumers and training of the uh, staff in store. And I've noticed, you know, you've, you're using Instagram, you're using weed maps, you're using a lot of the different online channels. Some are not doing as much, some are doing more. Which one's really been, you know, had the best bottom line results for you along the way? Which channels really drive your sales? Um, honestly, it's been clear and cut. The three you just mentioned, uh, or two of the three you just mentioned, Instagram. Yep. But more so, Leaf, LeafLink has been our number one. Getting on a LeafLink, we get a lot of business through there. Um, and then second would be Weed Maps. Those okay. two things um, have really helped us draw business. Because as a brand, you got to understand, and, and if you're trying to get an industry, you got to understand there's two, when you're marketing, you got to remember, you got you got B2B marketing. So you got to market to the buyer so they want to carry your product and then once you're in there you got to market to the customer yeah and that's right? that's an so, interesting point a lot of people forget is you're actually making a two-step sale you're absolutely you're getting the retailer the, or the dispensary to carry your product and then you're also having to at the same time sell to the consumer so they know why they're buying the product in the first place and that's a, that's a challenging step for a lot of businesses it is and i think a lot of people a lot of businesses are forgetting that aspect um, right uh, you you can't market to the to the dispensary for them to carry your product the same way you're going to market to the people that actually are going to consume your product, right? Because the, the dispensaries, they care about margins. You know, they care about how fast can they get the product. If they reorder them, their orders grow. Um, are you going to be able to take care of them? Um, are you going to give them uh, marketing assets and, and, uh, and help them sell the product once it's on the shelf? Things like that. And that's not necessarily what the consumer cares about, right? So... Consumers we found from data, from leafling, weed maps, other places, they care about TAC content, they care about packaging, and they care about the story of the brand, right? So those are two different marketing categories that you have to uh, put yourself into to be successful in this industry. Right. And I noticed you didn't mention flavor profile. Is that something that isn't showing up for you as much? Um. I would say yes. Uh, our flavors do outsell our strains. Mm-hmm. Right? We have a, we've done a lot of collaborations with some of the top growers in California, and they and you know the collabs have been home runs. But uh, surprisingly, our flavors, our original presidential products, are the ones that you know carry the the bulk of the sales. Right. Interesting. So I would I would, I would put flavor profile in there uh, okay. and add that to make that the fourth one for sure. Okay. And you know. What's coming next for you as you continue to go forward? What's what's exciting for presidential over the next year and two years? Um, a couple of things. One, we're going to launch a, um, a new collaboration with uh, Rove, um, okay. a, vape, uh, a vape and concentrate company. It's a multi-state operator. Uh, mm-hmm. They're in California, Nevada, Arizona, Oklahoma, Michigan, and Massachusetts, I believe. Right. So we, uh, we took their, their top-selling strain, Wowie, their vape yep. cartridge, and then we uh, used our flavor pro- profiles and did a collaboration, and now we're, we're launching our Moon Rock pre-rolls and blunts uh, with the Wowie strain. 
from Rove. And then moving to the summer, what we're really excited about is um, launching our minis. So looking at the data from BDSA, from Leafling, from Headset, the products that sell above our pre-rolls are all packs of mini pre-rolls. Okay. Um, so now we're launching our own packs of mini pre-rolls, uh, mini pre-rolls and mini blunts, which uh, there isn't a lot of mini blunts on the market. So we're excited about that. And uh, the last thing would be just expansion eastward, you know, getting in new states, becoming a multi-state operator and uh, seeing how big we can blow this brand up. Yeah. And being, becoming a multi-state operator brings a, uh brings also its unique challenges because you're now having to follow the regulatory framework in multiple states and figure out the baseline across all of them from a standardization perspective. That's a, that's a lot of work. It is. It is. But we're up for the task. You know, we've got to um, get good talent in to help us uh, navigate mm-hmm. these waters, and I think we'll be just fine. Yeah, no. Well, with everything you've done so far, there's no reason you shouldn't be. You're doing, you're doing <laughs> great, right? Um, so... Yeah. So, you know, if I look back at analyst reports over the last few years, they they predicted that by 2021-22, extracts and edibles would be passing smokables. And that hasn't happened. Are you seeing much demand or demand shifted from your end? I wouldn't say for our end because the beauty of our brand is we, we fuse the two together. Right. Right. So we take concentrates and we infuse it back into the flower. Mm-hmm. Right. And what we're seeing is that infused pre-rolls uh, have become the fastest growing category in California. Um, so over the last two years, right? So right. Um, I wouldn't say that we've seen one, you know, hinder the other, but for us being an infused, I think the, the, the combination of taking the traditional flower and infusing them with the, with the concentrate and making a stronger product is the trend at the moment. Right. And that's, that's really interesting and good because I mean, look, the analysts, they work with the best data they have and the best, and sometimes it's guesstimates and, you know, they're looking, they're looking forward in the market, but they don't have their feet on the ground. You do. And too, I think at the time when they made that statement, the price of this lit was higher than it is now. And the the cost of all the raw goods have come down so much. So at one point it, it probably made more sense to take that flower and turn it into this lit. Right but now, the different prices are so low that it probably doesn't make that sense. In terms of taking good flour, you know, you always take value value flour, outdoor flour, yep. turn into concentrates. But these higher end brands, you know, um, I don't think that demand. Uh, I think the price coming down has kind of shifted that demand. Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. That's a, that's a really good point. Everett, we do have to take one more break, but we're going to be back in just a minute with Everett Smith, who's the co-founder and CEO of Presidential Cannabis. I'm Richard Zwicky on The Green Peak. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. And we're back on The Green Peak with Everett Smith from uh, Ca- uh, Presidential Cannabis Company. Everett, let's, let's stick with brand building because that's a... That's a, you know, it's going to be more and more. People have always said there's going to be national brands, but nobody's really uh, been sure how they're going to evolve and where they're going to be taken. And you've managed to do build a really strong brand in California and are looking at expanding nationally. And of course, the model changes. Early on, you're able to be out in the public and meeting people constantly, and it's a, a one-to-one relationship, and people associate the brand with you. And then it grows to a certain point, and obviously you're not going to make it into 400 different retail locations every year. 
how are you managing that? Who, how does the personality of the brand change and has it changed? Um, I would hope it hasn't changed too much. Um, mm -hmm. Cause like you said, I, I, me and my partner, John Zapp, we were the face of the brand for a long time. And, you know, we're, we are a pretty odd couple, uh, if you will. <laughs> He's a um, 66-year-old uh, white guy from Oklahoma. You know, I'm a 37-year-old black guy from Vegas. So right. um, when they see us again, we're both tall. We're both six foot five and tall, you know. So it's, we're just an odd couple. So when people saw us and they saw the, you know, and they saw those moon rocks, you know, and, and that was unique in itself, you know, it kind of, our personalities and our, and us, reflected on that and I think still you know we hire good people people that we think have the same values the same core concepts that we do um, right and teach them you know give them the tools give them the things that were successful successful for us when we were out doing sales and we were out building the brand and um I think that's workforce you know plus our, our business is a family business as well you know I got my wife working for me I got my mother working for me John's got his son and his daughter working for us well, that's so, fantastic. You know, it's wonderful yeah. when you can do that. How, how many people are at uh, Presidential by now? Man, we probably have 50 to 60 employees. Okay. That's a, that's a good so, size. Yeah. And pre, uh, let's say in 2020, we probably had a quarter of that. Okay. Yeah. So a ton of growth back. over the last little while. Yes, sir. And, you know, since you... you you know, one of the things you mentioned, I, I, I don't think you use the term, but you basically identified your, as you bring people on, you're bringing them on as also brand ambassadors and infusing, effectively infusing them with the mantra of how, how the brand stands apart and above others. Um, how do you deal that with the, the stores that you're actually dealing with as well? Because that's a B2B sale, again, to make the B2C connection. Yep, absolutely. So we have our brand ambassadors set up, you know, a nice little display, bright colors, showcasing the product. Um, and then what we do is we partner with those stores. So that day, that two or four hour window that our brand ambassador is in there, we will run a promotion with the store, right? And right. Um, either buy one, get one 50% off or buy one, get one. So every time they come, every uh, consumer that comes in the door, Yep. They see our brand ambassador. So before they even enter, they have to go through the spiel of our brand ambassador. And then, you know, showing, having uh, the big tagline, world strongness, right? Having right. the moon rocks look differently, it, it piques their interest. And then if they can get one for free or get one for half the price, you know, we've saw um, in terms of our marketing, direct correlation to higher sales when we have our brand ambassadors in there um, talking to the customers, describing the product and partnering with those locations to run promotions while they're there. Um, so we saw direct correlation to the sales. So right. we've hired as many as we, as many good brand ambassadors as we can. And we have them all over the city pretty much every day. Okay. Different How, and that's fantastic because they get to, you know, they'll also get really great, you know, ears on the ground feedback to you. Absolutely. And, and that's the way, another way we collect data, you know. Um, so usually if we do a buy one, get one, they have to come get a ticket from the brand ambassador. And to get that ticket, you got you to gotta scan the QR code and put in your information. Now we right. have your data and now we can market to you. Um, and as well, other than that, as collecting data is they, they can see what's going on in those locations. What products are selling? What products aren't selling? What are the new products on the market that are hot, that aren't hot? And then you gather that feedback and you try to make smart business decisions. Yeah. I mean, uh, 
those are those are data driven decisions, and they're usually the best ones, right? The people who run by their gut inevitably run uh, into trouble. One million percent, you know, and, and that's a, our rule of presidents. So it doesn't really matter. You know, we try to keep the emotions out of it. I mean, data driven decisions, and it's worked for us. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's tremendous. So, um, Everett, when people in California who want to learn more about presidential, um, you know, whether it's you know, obviously, if it's one of their local dispensaries, it's easy. But uh, if they're sitting at home, how should they find you and how should they find out about your product and where to buy it? Yeah, so uh, definitely start with our, on our website, presidentialmoonrocks.com, our Instagram page, which is rxpresidential. Um, but Weed Maps, you know, Weed Maps is a great tool. Um, you can go in there, you can learn about the product, and you can actually order the product from there for pickup or delivery. Mm-hmm. Um as a consumer, I would say that would be the best place to go. Right. Uh, or Leafly. Either mm-hmm. one of those sites can get you set up with the presidential products. Yeah. And I, Arden Lee from Weed Maps was on just recently, and uh, he was talking about a lot of the things they're doing to provide more and more information and data back to the manufacturers and processors. So that's a great partnership, and I'm sure one that gives you a lot of benefits beyond distribution. Yeah. Well, and that's a good partnership to have if you're a brand out there. Um, get that data from Weedmaster because a lot of people are, are you know, buying uh, products off their site. So they, and that data they, they give to you. If you're a partner and you're on their site, they give you that data. So it's, it's a useful tool and it is greatly appreciated. Okay. Well, fantastic. Everett, we are out of time, but I'd like to thank you for joining us on the Green Peak this week. And I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I'm Richard Zwicky. We'll be back again with you next week. Thanks, Everett. Thank you. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.